Welcome to the Flake Mary podcast. Yeah, this is a show about Gwent, but so much more. I'm Flake. I'm joined not by Shinmiri, but by someone else uh, who you might know. I'm joined by Pavel Burja. How are you, my friend? Man, it's awesome to be here. I'm a fan of the show, so it's great to actually be on the Flake Mary show without having either Flake or Shinmiri in my name. <laughs> Well, we were going to call it like the Flurza podcast, I suppose, like for <laughs> just for today. But yeah, Shinmiri had um, some scheduling stuff to do and he was uh, he was and he said, the show must go on. Do it without me. I said, who are you nice. again? What's your name? I don't know. <laughs> so I uh, I knocked on a few doors and you were the you were one of the gracious people Perfect. who uh, who came through. And I had some other people who were like, yeah, I'll do it. Absolutely. And then I was like, and then you said me and I said, OK, well, I'm sorry. I have to. <laughs> I have to go with my Bratishek, and we have to do this. So uh, thanks again, yeah. man. But uh, yeah. Easy, easy, anytime. I was supposed to open up a Star Wars pod, I think, but that's Shimir's job, and I don't have a Star Wars pod. Sorry. So. Yeah. That's a that's a nothing. that's a Shinmiri thing. Uh, here's a little behind the scenes thing. I write all of the puns for him. <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. I just Shinmiri has this very diva-ish kind of uh, um, you know um, style when it comes to this podcast. He just walks in at production time, does his thing, and then scuttles walks off. Out. Yeah, walks out. Meanwhile, I'm the one writing everything. And but like, yeah, that's that's our deal. The deal is you use your big brain in this one hour bracket framework and I'll do all the legwork and Mark this will produce it. That's basically nice. our deal. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it kind of kind of feels like our esports events. I also do the run of the show and then yeah, I do all the writing and stuff and you guys just come and act it out. And there's and then there's you, it. right? You go like full freestyle, which is beautiful. Yeah, I don't do scripts. This is another one of those. Like, so in Same. this episode, in this episode, we're gonna go through a little bit about Gwent Masters and talk about what, ha like, talk about the year and talk about what's coming up and whatnot. But I, I think that a lot of people like to hear about um, the sort of behind the scenes stuff that occurs. Mm -hmm. And when it comes down to it, that's why there's such an interesting dichotomy between myself and Shinmiri is because Shinmiri is so rigidly adhering to the scripts and the words on the page. And I know that you and I are like, no, these are guidelines. These are just, yeah. yeah. It's like, they're like bullet points you need to hit, like in order just to keep like the information flow going, like the things you're supposed to pass on, but you don't have to say them like, you know, word for word. Precisely. Yeah. Because nowhere on the script does it say, you know, that the, that we're plugging into the matrix and the players are, you know, transcending through space and time. No one wrote that because no one that's is beautiful. that nerdy, but that sometimes that's how it passes through. But yeah, they're like directions. Like there, it's just like some people could be, be very precise with their directions. Google maps it with, you know, precisely. Yeah. And other people are like, yeah, just go there and turn left and you'll see it. You're fine. Like that's kind of how I, how you and I operate. And I love it I because, and, um, uh, we should also mention that uh, based on the popularity of this podcast, we have uh, acquired exactly zero sponsors. So, uh, right? I know we are the big time. So you're on a <laughs> you're on a big stage. You, there you were. Wait, you guys are starting off, right? So it's like you know you need to get your momentum going. It's slowly but surely, and I think that it's uh, it's actually picking up the pace, and I, I like to see it. And I don't know how much of that is people who just want to tune into Shinmiri and um, like tolerate me. Like they put up with my garbage, but 
I mean, Shinmiri doesn't really have any, he doesn't have like a YouTube channel. He, and mm-hmm. when he produces content, I don't know if you know this, I didn't want this to turn into like just us ragging on Shinmiri, but. Oh, but, <laughs> but it will be. <laughs> but it will be because he's not here. But it's funny because like the content that he produces, like other people will do like these high production value YouTube deck guides and whatever. And Shinmiri releases like a Google Docs kind of like Excel spreadsheet. He's like. Yeah, and it works, and that's what's so fr- freaking hilarious, and it's so on point for Shinmiri. It's that he's like, yep, here's a, a spreadsheet, and here's a protractor, and you can go and build your own deck with these easy instructions. It's like, okay. you. Yeah, but the value in it is incredible. Like, it doesn't matter how you pass it on. The value in what he's passing on, the knowledge that he's, like, giving you is, yeah. is incredible, right? Oh. So that's what they go for. Perfect. There's no fluff. There's no nonsense. Um, today, just this morning, and I tweeted about it, I saw a somebody releasing a deck guide calling the deck a metabreaker. And one thing that really just puts ants in my pants, I don't know how else to properly say this, but uh, is when somebody calls a deck a metabreaker, especially when the, the cards are not even 24 hours old and they're like, bust open this brand new meta with this deck. What meta? What meta are you talking about? Like, There's I, I, no meta yet. No. There will be one. And it's already breaking the one that will come in yeah. the future. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, like, use your powers for good. Don't use your prognostication powers. All this, like, foresight and, and, and you know, <laughs> psychic abilities on breaking future metas. Go solve crimes. Like, if the, like it just bothers me that that is the clickbait that you've chosen to sort of uh, sell your deck list is that it's a quote unquote meta breaker like all these quote these buzzwords like that just really like I said I don't know what else to say except puts ants in my pants and I think that that's it's, a it's just for clicks man it's the same with uh, any type of like YouTube content that you have that has the you know clickbait titles so people just click on it see it and they're like oh my god this is gonna change my life this is gonna mm-hmm. you know number four like, will metabreak. shock you yeah yeah <laughs> And so you have to watch it uh-huh. in order to see like what the content is. And then you kind of watch and you're like, okay. So one option we can use for this podcast as a clickbait is we could uh, finally tell people about the truth about Dagon. Because frankly, yes. I mean, now that you like Shinmiri and I are, I mean, we're, we're well nested within CDPR and the development of the game, but nobody knows it more intimately than yourself and like Vlad, et cetera. So uh, why don't you give us the official word on Dagon? Because we just got 12 cards and Dagon wasn't there. And I kept telling people, don't count on it, but you're here now. So maybe you could drop a nice little leak on us. Yeah, I have a leak for you for sure. And uh, yeah, Dagon is not happening. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, folks. <laughs> oh, I love baiting people out like this. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Every tournament, I usually say something silly. Like uh, like when we're talking about the leaks at the tournament and I was mentioning about how I'm like, oh, once the fog clears, we're going to get 12 new awesome cards. And by the time the day is gone, you're going to see some pretty cool stuff. And and now, by I now, yeah. like 90% of people are catching on. But there's always one who will post like in Discord or something. They're like, did you hear what he said? Did you hear what he said? I think that's a clue. And I'm like, yes, dance puppets. Dance my puppets. It's love wordplay, don't you? Oh, I, I, it's, the, it's my most favorite of things. Because like I, I always tell people on my stream, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not in, you know, I, I, I get stuff in advance. Yeah, sure. Like I'm part of it. I can't share that stuff. But at the same time, yeah. like it's, it's, I, I, I'm not. 
I'm not part of the development team. Like I'm not creating cards. I'm not part of, of, of sort of steering the ship. I'm merely there. You know, I have like a, a front row seat. So when things do come into view, I get to see them before everyone else. Right. So yeah, sure. that's awesome. But, uh, I all like people who rely on me for information. It's like, you have misplaced your trust friends because I will absolutely play you like a fiddle. And I do. Um, yeah, but you get early access to content like, yes. before we release stuff. So you pretty much kind of know. Plus you also have the possibility to actually, you know, interact and talk with our design team. So it is, it is something on top of that, but people also think that since you have this thing, that you have the possibility to know everything or know like what the next three steps ahead will be. While, you know, these are things that are kind of still staying internally where we are and uh, the stuff that we discuss, we go back and forth and we also like filter through those things before we actually show them to you guys. And then there is an additional kind of time and filter until it's shown to the public, right? So you're kind of in the in between kind of, uh, I have to say, right? Yeah, uh, pretty much. Like we're we're in that kind of phase of um like we're in the soft launch category whenever stuff uh you know like you know like when a store opens and it's like okay invite your friends and family and we'll see how you guys are so terrible at stuff and then you guys can tell us how to fix it so that's kind of us we're the friends and family who show up and be like okay here's a few things that need to be to be changed and nothing can't nothing not everything can always be perfect and that's one thing that uh that's for another another podcast but either way um what i do like to do every episode is like to kind of go in back uh in time a little bit a year uh ago today or i think it was actually today or tomorrow i think it was december 8th or 9th way of the witcher came out as an expansion which yeah, a lot of true. people thought was or and still think is probably one of the most pivotal and and very impactful uh expansions and i don't know your involvement particularly with that excuse me with that expansion but that was like that was a pretty big one. Like that adrenaline came out, um, all yeah. the witchers and stuff. Like that was a pretty sweet expansion. I remember I was working on the trailer for that one, and we had the we had the full arts for the witchers, and they looked so incredible. Like the extended arts, so not just the you know the car frame frame like you would see it, but the whole thing. And we had those coming into the trailer, and those were animated, and I remember it was really cool. I wasn't very keen on the key visual for the first time when we were working on it, where we were seeing like first versions from the artists. But then once it started like getting, you know, its its look, then yeah, like the bear witchers and the cat witchers, and you know, the the way that they were portrayed in that one, I was like, wow. yeah, some amazing. some of the pictures of uh, of like the major witchers, like the Ar- like Arnagad and and Gezras and stuff like that, like they all have a very similar feel. Of it's just kind of like the the witcher itself themselves in like a pose or a stance, and yes. it's very isolated. So you're getting a really clear image of who that person is, and, and the background behind them was really awesome. Yeah, it was like yeah, it made it made them look like iconic, like pretty much that they're like almost you know like statues in yeah a, in a certain way like yeah. they're like they're like storied right like they're like it's just something you'd see on a tapestry like this is our this is our hero kind of thing like that and exactly. um it, it it did it really well i feel like it was really on point where you're you're um kind of stamping in on what the expansion's supposed to be which is like centric around these major witchers and these big big impactful cards but um two years ago in 2019 we got merchants of ophir and um, maybe not as as impactful, but this was a, a very significant patch because I think this is the one that introduced poison, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. 
and uh um, right <laughs> well Rodea was in there uh you had stuff like uh yeah morale and like the poison package the fangs mm -hmm. of the empire and like the oh so good yeah i just love the theme behind that one i was really really for the theme it was great i think that like the theme and the, the flavor of it was really cool i remember when poison came out it was one of the things where people thought it was poison was an absolute joke that it was a waste of time and then poison became like people started to play it and try it. I think it was, it might've been pumpkin or something who was like, poison's actually good. And then once, yeah. once somebody says it, like somebody of prowess or somebody, it becomes with a a thing, right? precisely then people will finally like the immediate reaction to poison was like, I have to spend two cards to remove one unit. Like that's absolutely stupid. And then there was the nuance of it, of like the threat of poison of, of mm -hmm. the, the pressure that you're putting on a player by putting a poison yeah. on their unit. So playing around it also was very important for the you know and that was so before was, veil nice right mechanic. yeah that was before veil yeah so uh great great uh set again like every set seemed to introduce a new feature which was cool like you had adrenaline uh that came out with way of the witcher you had poisons and stuff you had um i think vitality and bleed came out with curse uh crimson curse uh yeah. armor was with iron judgment or iron justice exactly um yeah so iron judgment iron judgment I kept calling it Iron Justice, I think, on the <laughs> podcast back in, back in the Rather day. Rather, uh, it was uh, coming back to also trailers because I get to work on those. So so, so the one for, for Iron Judgment was like one of the most labor intensive when it comes to the number of departments that we're working on in order to do that, you know, right of it uh, and going into the tent and stuff like that. So him looking all clad in all that armor. <laughs> so it was a difficult one for sure. And yeah, for me still like the music, uh, hands down. Yeah, it has to be Merchants of Fear. Like, yeah, these are great, 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 great uh, expansions. Yeah. I, I mean, there's I don't even recall what expansion I didn't like. Like, I think that every single expansion had a decent impact. Like, there were some obviously that just were that blew blew everything out of the water. Like, I feel like Way of the Witcher was a very impactful one. Price of Power yeah, was true. very impactful. Ooh. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was a that was one hell of a uh, that was like a, a one two punch followed by an uppercut. Like all three of those expansions came down and dropped some significant bombs. But um, like that's like part of it is the fact that people don't want cards that are not. I don't say not interesting. I think that the biggest challenge that that Gwent faces is not just creating strong cards, but creating fascinating, unique cards. And these twelve cards yeah. that dropped, I think, all have really, really cool abilities that are not necessarily out there with other things like trying to sit down and figure out how a Nilfgaard one of those Nilfgaard cards is going to be impactful or how it's going to actually be strong and then realizing like I was playing a game yesterday and somebody played um I forgot which one is it is it Ardal or I forgot who it was the one who reorders your your cards by provision yeah, and, so Ardal. yeah and I was there and I'm thinking I'm like holy crap I'm like if this if this person does this correctly, they'll always have this card in hand. They'll always play it first, and then they'll always know what their draws are, which means that they'll always know what their Joaquin is getting. They'll always know what their this is getting, their that is getting, blah blah blah. So uh, I'm like that. This could be. I feel like that could probably be the most breakable of uh, of lists where the you know precisely the order of how things are going and and um like everybody's talking about radovid being super strong milva being incredibly uh i don't say oppressive oppressive is not the word but it, mm -hmm. it's being it's an additional piece to an archetype that people already don't like or or, or yeah you know. yeah um yeah i mean like the, like there's so many 
I like these 12 cards, man. Like, uh, all this Me to too. say, it's just badass. The the thing is that some of them kind of feel like the, their power level maybe is a little bit crazy, but that was kind of the idea. The thing is, like, through a lot of these, you can build a lot around them, right? So I think that's that's, that's super important. Oh, definitely. Uh, definitely. And, like, if you're going to be dropping, a, a, like, a 12-card po- uh, pocket of cards, two per faction, they need to, they need to actually be able to shake up the meta until the next block of cards are released uh, yeah. you know they need to actually have some sort of uh, ripple effect on the meta and that's exactly what's doing until the meta breaker comes uh Pavel, <laughs> and then then who knows that it's chaos that we have no idea um, meta breakers always you know come sooner or later so yeah yeah for sure <laughs> um so that's that man and like uh uh again that's that's us just perusing through the scripted portion i guess of of uh yeah. flake Mary, which is funny because usually this takes like 30 seconds and we've managed to stretch this out by like 15 minutes always why not i mean it's it's been a big week i mean we're starting off we're, we're just day after the update so i mean 9.6 12 new cards a lot of balance changes a lot of things happening in gwent uh some problematic stuff which i know we might be fixing if if if, if it comes to that so yeah, I mean, it's a big week. There's a lot to discuss. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to pressure you on any of this information because it's not like that's not what this podcast is about. This isn't. I know. A, this I is. Know. Yeah. So <laughs> if, if feel free to just drop us with any any bombs that you're you're happy to to drop on us. I mean, you already told us that Dagon is basically a pipe dream that's never happening, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, oh, here's one. How about Renfrey? Because when the 12 cards were released and Renfrey wasn't a thing, the first thing I thought about was like that guy Renfrey has. Guy. A, Oh, he's got like another 120 cards that you got to make just in just to stay up to date until the next like card patch or whatever, you know, like where are we <laughs> with, <laughs> with Renfrey? Because I feel like I'm doing this guy a, a, um, a little bit of a service here. If you were to just to put him out of his misery and just say, just stop, it's not happening. It's stop. Like, no, 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 no. We have to do it. Like we have to do it. Like it's, a, it's been something that we've been discussing for quite some time. Uh, Discussing this also when uh, Jason was game director, he was like, "Oh man, we gotta give this guy a break." And now Vlad was saying the same thing at the time. It's just we need a little bit more time. But yeah, it is Renfri is something that we want to introduce for sure. I don't know what they want to be. I know that you know we we kind of, but there's some other things are kind of going around this. So it's a it's a tougher one, but Renfri is something that will happen. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. maybe this is good Confirmed. enough, for, yeah, for this guy to just kind of like, chill. like, because by now I think he's on. I don't know what number he's on. Um, I have no idea, but it's but it's it's high up there. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely high up there. Um, I'm I'm gonna check right now because I saw it uh, uh this morning, and I was most definitely uh no, that's not it. Okay. Well, uh, either way, he's definitely in the. I I believe it's a he. Um, uh, forgot is a doctor something. Uh, yeah, dude's name. Either way, I um, mean, I mean, you gotta admire the passion, right? Like oh, being certainly. so motivated in order to create so many things just to get that one card is is crazy. Certainly, but I mean, I've also admired the passion of Screech on Saved by the Bell, who tried to ask out Lisa for like seven yeah. consecutive seasons, but it didn't happen. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that that's a deep cut for some people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, here we go. Posting a custom card every day until Renfrey is added to Gwent. Number? Do you want to take a guess? Uh, three hundred and forty-five. <laughs> oh no, that's too much. But we're at two fifty-two. Two fifty-two. Nice, dude. That's. 
That's like, that's a lot of time. Like you could, but in 200, so let's just assume, how long do you think it takes this dude to actually think of a card, post the card, do the art and do it? How, how much of, of this person's day do you think this takes up? It depends. It depends if it's like something that he does on a daily commute. For example, like sitting and pondering ideas and writing them down in a notebook that you're kind of, you know, you're not, you're, you say like have 30 or 40 minutes or an hour to commute, let's say. So you get to like note those down and get, get one or two, maybe it depends how, how, you know, how detailed he wants to get into them. And then, you know, you have a list of them and then you start producing content of that yeah. list. But I think like, I don't know, an hour maybe, or would you think a little bit more? Yeah. Like the way that you said it makes it sound like he's like Eminem in Eight Mile on the bus writing lyrics to like start his rap career. Like that's the way I picture it, and he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But like 252 hours, <laughs> like you could you could start a band and already have an album done by now. Like in yeah. that time, I feel. Look. Uh, again, like I said, I would never want to crush somebody's passion or ever downplay someone's creativity. Wow. So my sincere, you know, um, what's the term? Um, sympathies is the first one, I yeah. guess. But also uh, it's encouragement. It's kind of awe, maybe. Or, yeah, or, awe or, is know. a good one. For me, it's like, for me, awe. Because, uh, like, it's always crazy to see how dedicated people can be. Like, for example, for me, maybe sometimes I do not take it for granted that I am working where I'm working. But when I'm interacting with the community and talking to people, they they kind of put the light on it that I see it a little bit more. And I appreciate it a lot more when someone's telling you, oh, it's really cool that, you know, you're there, like best company. I love your work and stuff like that. I love this game, blah, blah, blah. Like it's it starts getting into your head and you're like, oh, wow, I'm really actually there and I get to interact with these people on a daily basis and I get to see all the behind the scenes, I get to leak stuff for fun. And yeah, you really appreciate it. And then you kind of see how how this thing grows, right? Yeah. And oh. for the record, I guess you mentioned it earlier, is the fact that this this Renfrey dude is actually on CDPR's radar, right? Like Jason, yeah. Jason's aware, Vlad's aware, you're aware, and of and course. it kind of has been nudging you guys towards making it. Now, this isn't a, really a call out to everyone out there. Where if you want something, to go on this pseudo hunger strike of creating a new card every day until you get what you want, that's not the ideal thing. But this person really took a stand, and at 252. Perhaps this is a good option for for him to maybe take a break and say, "Hey, I've broken through." So this is this is maybe maybe Pavel maybe take an opportunity here to let this guy rest. Like maybe appeal to him, or do, or do you guys get sick pleasure out of this too to see him create new cards every day? Oh, but it's it's really cool. On the one hand, it's also creating a lot of community content, and I see like people like to you know kind of come up with ideas for cards, and they're like kind of own ideas. And they also like other people coming in and critiquing that or talking about it or like this will be too strong or maybe I will tweak it this way or do it that way. It kind of starts the whole conversation. And I think that's, that's something that's very prevalent in any card game that you discuss cards. You can talk about cards for for hours and hours on end, right? So yeah. I, think, I think also there is some pleasure in also creating that. Plus, 
he is so well known within the community that everybody's talking about him. Everybody knows him. So it's kind of maybe he also gets, you know, some some pleasure out of that, some positive vibes coming from that. No, oh, definitely. I mean, you got to make your I don't say make your say, because I don't think that him becoming famous was the objective here. The objective is that this person is an actual fan of a particular character yeah. they want to see in the game. So kudos to you. I, I know. That. Yeah, I rag on this guy all the time and I do it out of a out of a position of love. Again, if I don't if I don't tease you then i then you're not on my radar and i don't i don't care about you like i i i have a lot of uh, respect for this person because i will say this of the 252 cards that this person has created a lot of them have been quite unique and interesting whereas i'm gonna be completely frank here 90 percent of the custom cards that are posted on reddit are like complete just hot organic trash and i'm not saying that to again so discourage people but they're just like, what are you kidding? It's like, what if there was a card that was like six provisions that was 12 power and drew two cards? Like, that seems yeah. okay. And everyone's like, yeah, totally this is fine. A, yeah, perfectly fine. Like, Let's do it. Yeah, no worries. Absolutely. I get it. Like, and then as some people are like, yeah, this is a perfectly legit card. I mean, it, it, I mean, if Mamuna can do oh. this, then this should be fine. It's like, okay, relax. Like, just pump the brakes on it, that I there, mean, buddy. Think, of, think about it. If you've introduced something like like that into the game, you would get a million other threads saying that this is bad, this is bad design and stuff like that. You maybe said, wait, by the way, but we took it from you. Yeah, <laughs> you should. <laughs> Dude, that would be the ultimate like response, the ultimate Troll. revenge, is if you guys dropped a 12-card pack of, of like you know, as a joke on April Fool's, take a 12-card pack of all the custom crap that you guys pick up, all the OP nonsense, or complete, like, either complete OP nonsense and complete horse garbage, and just <laughs> release 12. Release 12. Like, give, like, Scoia'tael some real, like, and, and Nilfgaard, whatever the top, top factions are, give them really OP cards and give all the bad yeah. factions really crap cards and be like, here you go. <laughs> like, congratulations, you can get these premium just at $49.99. No problem. Comes yeah. with the leader skin and everything. And then just watch as everyone tears you down and then literally 12 hours later say, these are your designs, you clowns. Yes. Like, this is all you. That would Here's be so screenshots. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> oh, that would be so good. Oh, I would love you guys for that. Um, yeah, that would be a big troll, though. I think, I mean, you could just kind of recycle old art, but I don't think people would even know. Like, even if you dropped it in as without the, the actual, like, don't drop it in with the, you don't need the art or anything. Just say, here's like, like, do a fake data mining leak and say, here are the new cards. <laughs> just, design ideas from straight from CDPR. Yeah. Vlad, Vlad left his email password. Uh, <laughs> he left it as default and someone went in and saw all the new designs and this is what they are. That would be so yeah. good. Oh man! Vlad forgot his USB stick, and someone found it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so good. Uh, if you guys don't do it, I'm just gonna do it. So for all those who haven't listened to this podcast, yeah, you guys are the target for April first. People will forget like short attention span by April. Nobody will remember what we said here. So easy. of course, I sometimes get comments of like, "Are you like new to this game?" I'm like, "Yes, I am brand new. I am totally a hundred percent. I've not been Who's here. this guy." <laughs> hey. I have I had been who is this guy for like three or four years. It is legitimately only up until like the past year or so where people are like, oh, okay, I'm I I get him. He's like the he's like the smell across the street. Like, yeah, he was annoying for a while, but now we just got used to him. Like, that's basically Aww. what it's come down to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, you enjoy me, but I know of I'm course, not everyone. Because you're like best entertainment, right? Plus, <laughs> your sense of humor, like. Is one like one hundred percent what I love. So it's like it's natural, right? I can honestly say that I am probably 
one of the luckiest people in the business because I know that there's a lot of other entities that uh, I uh, have worked for that might not appreciate my freewheeling uh, nature all the time. Um, there, there are some who have sort of warmed up to it. They're like, okay, well, yeah. he's good at what he does, but every now and then he throws us a curveball and says something that's a little out of out of left field, you know? So. You know. Uh, yeah, it's always it's always like behind the scenes when we're doing any tournament and you say something that everybody like like I see Vlad and Repek sometimes like uh, a little bit and we just yes that was good <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm like because I like that sense of humor and I also like when people kind of go above and beyond somehow or kind of on the edge when something is like uh, appropriate but maybe in some context maybe a little bit inappropriate but i kind of like you know writing this on this on this thin line pretty much oh it is the thinnest lines and that's one thing that has always worried me and the fact that i i, I think of that i when it comes down to it like i like you and i have been working together for like several years and every time that we're together we're always just we're like brothers like it's just kind of mm -hmm. how it how it's been and and it's it's something where i like again with the, the one person who scares me the most is Jason, because I think that Jason, Jason is somebody who just would not take any of my BS ever. Like he he'll deadpan stare me right into my soul and say, that's not funny. And I'm like, damn it. Like, you're the one I need to impress the most. Like he's he's always the one who I've always been most um, um, intimidated by because he just doesn't buy my crap. Whereas you buy my crap because you like my crap. You like, yeah. you also sell the same but, brand. Yeah, I, I've had these situations with him when we we're kind of interacting and talking and you kind of, uh, he has a very specific sense of humor and you either get on that level or if you don't and you try to like input your type of sense of humor, he either is like, ha ha ha, but then, then you feel like he's looking down on you like saying you kid that's not funny yeah that's it. <laughs> it's like it's like eh. but he gets himself those moments where i like you you saw the the roadmap video that we showed during uh, it's like him like joking and doing his kind of funny jokes to vlad vlad sometimes doesn't want to react i are like <laughs> Yes, that was the one thing I wanted to notice is that that Jason would make these like subtle kind of like, you know, off the track uh, jokes. And Vlad was like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, is this for real? Yeah. <laughs> a couple of them, he had like a very good, very good response. I really like Jason kind of like, yeah, I'm here for you guys. I'm going to get the truth out of this guy. It's like, Vlad's <laughs> poor vlad like vlad just steps into the role vlad like always been a professional always been incredibly open that, that that's one thing i have to uh really hammer down here is the fact that vlad is i think one of my first ever interactions with cdpr employees way 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 back when before we even did like the first wild hunt tournament back in like 2017 i think it was yeah he was my first liaison to the company and somebody who i was uh, so impressed with in terms of the time of day that he gave me back in back then not even when i was on the radar to be uh, a part of the broadcast team when i was merely just some schmuck broadcasting on twitch to like eight or nine people before we did the wild hunt tournament he was somebody that we reached out to in order to sort of uh collaborate with or get your approval for this tournament and he was always exceptionally responsive so the fact that he is now taking the reins um is is really awesome 
Uh, I, I'm going to say this selfishly for me because I know that that's somebody that I can trust and that I can that will have my ear if ever I need to say something. Which I I I say things, but yeah. you know, not from a not from a perspective of like the direction of the game. But uh, the the community is so lucky that uh, to have somebody like they were lucky to have Jason, and they are now lucky to have Vlad. And I think that there's there they are two different. People, obviously, but you go from something uh, like Jason, who is so passionate and good at directing the game, to somebody like Vlad, who is has that same uh, that same ability, but also uh, somebody who I think people will, even though he has been already up to this point exceptionally transparent and and responsive to issues, you guys just still don't know how lucky you're going to be to have somebody like uh, like him, unless the power goes to his head and he goes crazy. But I don't see that <laughs> happening. Like he's no. yeah, he's so down pat awesome. Yeah, I remember when he joined us, he joined us uh probably before before the time that you were talking about. It was like 2016 or maybe even before that. And I remember he joined uh when we were starting our esports circuit pretty much. You know, we started doing all the challengers and stuff. Like we did the first challenger, and then after that we were like, Oh, okay, so we don't know much about esports. Like we know how to throw a cool event, but we don't know how to make this thing like sustainable. And that's when he kind of came in and he had previous experience because he was working for Riot Games, right? So he came in and he had this like awesome dose of like professionalism and kind of an idea how to steer like esports in the right direction because we came up with something and then he came in and he's like, well, we got to do things differently. So we kind of like, you know, drawing board cleared and started like doing things. And what I also like is he was like, it was a process that even when he was changing things, he was taking community feedback in mind. Like we were cooperating like very super, super closely at the beginning. And something that stayed because we got to a point where we were kind of transitioning in between teams to kind of move our communications team closer to the Gwent team in order to, you know, have this like, because it's, it's much different if you look at our internal structure right now, it's like in a way that we have a team that is like, for all products, so like global, that includes like The Witcher, CDP Red as a studio, Cyberpunk, and Gwent. And there used to be like one whole team. And then we, as the communications people for, for Gwent, we moved out uh, to become a separate entity. And it was me, Vlad, it was Mateusz who works on uh, the World Masters. He's talking to your ears. And so he's like the executive producer there. And uh, and then, you know, we started growing that team within it. So Ryan joined. We also have Anya, who's there. Uh, we had the whole video team. And it was slowly, like, I was working with Vlad, like, super, super close, and I still am to this day, because we kind of became a separate entity, because Jason came to us one day. He's like, hey, guys, I have an idea. Why don't you guys come on over to our side, the Gwen side, and let's work super close together, because I really want to know, like, what the community thinks. And I really want us, you know, this interaction to be one-to-one -one. because you sometimes feel that, you know, when you're working um, not very close to the developers themselves, you don't really get to know them. You don't really get to interact with them. They only pass on like knowledge to you, which is like in form of, I don't know, patch notes or, or change lists and stuff like that. Well, it's much different when you're part of their team and you become an entity within their team. So this is something that became a new thing within the structure of our studio. And yeah, I think it also shows kind of the 
the mentality that each game director after Jason will have, that we're all part of this team and uh, we're all pretty much playing to the same, you know, uh, goal field. And uh, yeah, and, and I think Vlad is on that mentality, which is which is amazing. And it's, it's only going to make things go in the right direction in this case. No, and I completely agree. And it's, yeah. again, fascinating insight in terms of how that kind of came to be that Slama just kind of came in and just reeled you and say, hey, come sit with us. And it's like, ooh, I get yeah, this. It was, it was done that way. And, and first it was like, you know, one day per week, two days per week. But then it started just like, no, we need to transition fully in order to communicate. Because, I mean, if you think about it, we are working on an online game, which is constantly changing. Same is with community sentiment and opinions and, and ideas and stuff like that. So you need to be very close with the developers in order just to be like, you know, bouncing off ideas. And they also need to feel that you are not some external person like other companies have agencies which do communication for them. It's much different than when you have someone straight, you know, in the studio talking, you know, on a, on a straight line with the developers and passing information back and forth. It's much, I think it's much better. And I think it also kind of shows in the roadmap that we showed for next year that, you know, we know that power creep is, is the buzzword of, of this year or this set, press yeah. power, but we are taking kind of your feedback in mind and we also want to bring back cards which are kind of underperforming, but we also want to introduce cool new tools and cool new stuff and cool new cards or even cards which maybe are too slow, but they have crazy new abilities in order to, you know, keep also the, the fire lit under the game when you're introducing cool stuff, people are like, oh, cool new stuff, I want to play with those, right? So, yeah. so it's a mixed bag of everything. All right. I have absolutely no idea. This isn't, again, you can just tell, tell me to go fly a kite or something, but I honestly have no idea what the hell golden necker project is like not a freaking i not a clue and this is i think out of Good. all the questions Good. i get like on stream or whatnot or people who just randomly ask me they say they ask me like what is gold and i tell them like i have no idea they don't they don't even trust me to like you know like i barely I, they give me the most rigid of scripts because they don't want me to and like i toss that away but you think they're going to trust me with anything like of, of actual significance no i don't know any of this um i i honestly have no, i didn't even think it was real i thought it was just a buzz term that kind of uh um, that um slama threw out there just as like not as a misdirect but just kind of as a joke which then sort of caught fire and people kept referring to it so he kept using it i didn't know that it was actually tied to a, an actual project until literally i was only convinced at, at at masters when we saw an actual pictures and stuff of it is there anything that like you can tell me about it like uh, this is me appealing it to you as a friend just one-on-one -on -one. <laughs> Like, I have no idea. Like, I, there's so much speculation around it. And the what the one thing that really bothers me is people are tying the fate of Gwent entirely to this mysterious project that nobody knows about, like, I, which is ridiculous. It's funny because um, Project Golden Necker had the code name um, Golden Necker because the community kind of created it. It had a different code name and still has a different code name, like how we use it internally, because whenever you work on a project that you want to keep secret, if anything ever leaks, you try to give it a, a, a code name, like Gwent before we called it Gwent was Project Seawolf. <laughs> so uh, sea and wolf, right? It's, it's to totally something 
something that you would not imagine. And now we actually have a conference room in the studio, which is called Seawolf. So it all ties together nicely. Okay. Um, yeah. Wolfpack? So, like see Wolfpack buffed is that what we're getting at is that project project golden necker is just like 18 people in a room for a year trying to figure out how to make Wolfpack playable <laughs> is that what it is no no but like i cannot tell you to be honest i cannot tell you what it is because i like that we made so much kind of you know such a big fog around it that people totally don't know which way we're coming from although i've seen a couple people like guess what it is like i've seen a couple of people like get it totally right but someone denied them so quickly that that idea never really caught any traction or oh man became a thing. there are going to be people going through all the reddit threads <laughs> just being like okay who had a very intricate unique right, idea, idea that got which we just declined instantly <laughs> wait wait was it you guys who declined it or was it the community that declined it no i don't know the community that declined it. <laughs> Kitty's like, nah, you're stupid. Community canceled it like instantly. Like, no, no, they're wow. not doing that for sure. Dude, if that isn't like the perfect exhibit in terms of like the the initial just complete disconnect that the community has to reality sometimes, where it's like somebody's just like, Well, what if uh what if this happened? And they're like, You're stupid, go home, you're you're wrong, <laughs> incorrect. And then literally that yes. poor person now is just sitting at home and they're gonna get vindication one day. Cause somebody, yeah. when this project is finally released and the details come out, somebody's gonna go dig up their Reddit history, post that yeah. up there, and I hope that the entire community awards them like forty thousand whatever the hell the currency yeah. is. Seriously, like that's the ultimate flex. It's like, bam, like just on the table. There it is. I did this and you guys thought I was crazy. Uh, yeah. Like Renfrey. Who's the Joker now? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Man, um, well, it's cool that there's like still stuff burning. Like the way that people were trying to sell it to me and the way that people explained it to me, they're like, oh, it's a. So part of it is, and I always sort of push back on this when I see it uh, being discussed, but there was a lot of discussion in certain discords where they're like, oh, this has to, this, this has to be this. Otherwise the game is doomed. And I'm like, I'm like, well, what do you, what do you, what does it need to be? They're like, it has to be a PVE environment. I'm like, well, isn't that just Thronebreaker? Like, didn't they do that? Yeah. And didn't they, didn't Thronebreaker have like a very immersive story, a lot of things to do, very complex and, and engaging PVE thing. Like, isn't yeah, but it's not it's not part of the Gwent client. What the fuck? It's the same freaking game. It's the same rules. Like you okay, so in your Steam library or your GOG category, or whatever, it's in a it's a different thing. But is it that yeah. not the exact same thing? Like, I don't get it. Like, how is that gonna change things? They're like, well, you just don't get it. I'm like, I clearly don't get it. I do not get it. It still draws people in. Like people play Thronebreaker, then they check out Gwent and they see that it's something completely different. It's the same thing as um like we're nearing till uh season two of the netflix show right last year when netflix uh, had their season one like we saw the you know a lot of new players coming into gwent instantly and well are we advertised there like hardcore in the in the tv show no do they does gerald like henry cavill does he play Gwent in the show no yeah but still it gets us it gets us views because it's witcher it's it's it has witcher in the name so whatever is connected to witchers kind of gets you you know more visibility yeah right it, now do you have any insight do you think that they'll ever put gwent in the netflix show because i think that would be i mean it's a nice callback it's a nice little i don't want to call it an easter egg because it's i think it's an, an intimately tied to gwent or to witcher 3 enough that it's not really a, a hidden easter egg but 
Yeah. Do you know if they're going to be putting anything like that in there? Like they don't contact no you guys or anything, right? No, I don't. I don't have that visibility to be honest. Like I, I don't. I don't work with them so closely in order to to know that. Like yeah. you're you're not out there, uh, you know, having like coffee with the producers or like the director. Uh, I, I would love to, to be honest. I would love to, cause cause I, I I've always been a big like Witcher universe nerd and. It doesn't matter. I watched the Polish TV show, which we had, which everybody claims it was bad, but I think at the time was really cool. We had like this, uh, there's this image of this like dragon uh, that was in the, was like done with like really bad CGI and stuff like that. I, I, I at the time thought it was cool because I was, I was, I was a kid. My parents also didn't let me like watch it because it had a little bit of nudity and stuff like that. Because <laughs> it was very like grim, violent and uh, kind of shows this like Slavic culture that's very gray and grim and stuff like that. And that, that it draws me in instantly. I really like that. Um, so yeah, anything that has Witcher like attached to it, I'm, I'm totally like jumping on the bandwagon. Oh, this is so cool. And it still hasn't changed even though I've been working for six years. It doesn't change. It's like something that whenever we even produce something cool and I know there's like a lot of Witcher merch and stuff like that. Whenever we have something new, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Because I'm still kind of, you know, inside, I'm kind of, you know, a big, big Witcher nerd and fan. And I also like the stories that we do. I like the stories that we do for the journeys. Like, I'm already working on a script for the next uh, journey, like, for the for the character that's going to be there. And it's just incredible. Like, I, I, I really like that I've transitioned just from being a community manager to a person that can manage his own team. Plus... I get to work a lot on the videos and I get to script a lot of videos, like all the journeys I do, some of the trailers I do, all the winter events, I do those. So it's really cool. It's really cool. It's really fun because I normally, I'm not the type of person that likes to sit down and write stuff down and, you know, I'm not very detailed, but when I have an idea, I really love to like put it into an Excel sheet or on paper and then just like pitch it to people. I'm like, this is my idea. Let's do it. What do you think? You know what I, what made me laugh was that when you mentioned that your parents wouldn't let you watch the show because there's like brief amounts of nudity, and I just thought of like my Polish side of the family, like my babcha and whatever, which would be like, yeah, you can have vodka shots at the wedding, but don't go out <laughs> past seven because that's dangerous. Like, oh, what? Okay, no problem. <laughs> like, I'm like, all right, it's a party. That's, Let's go. That's different. That's different, though. Yeah, yeah, like, like treat differently than it is in the states right <laughs> oh it's yeah for sure um so the i guess uh man i was i was gonna ask you um you know when it comes down to it how can i because we're always talking about like you know like you're in a card i'm not saying for me but you're in a card slam uh slam is in a card vlad's in a card a lot of people are in a card um I, I, I always, and I, I will stand by this, if ever I was offered an opportunity to be on a card, I would pass it up to give someone like Devil, I want Devil Driven to be in a card before myself. That is, I will always do that. However, if given the opportunity, however. how yes, there's always a however, there's definitely, <laughs> because I am, I too want my, my own share. But if ever there was an opportunity to have my a voice line that I can do, I feel like Ooh. my face is not necessarily the best but i think i can offer a fairly unique voice to a character or a i don't know if there's like a journey i don't know who i have to appeal to for this but i, I want to bust in to the voice the voice realm um and i think that maybe uh -huh. i can appeal to yourself pavel you know being being oh. brats that we are and uh <sighs> 
that perhaps this is something I don't know how the how the process works, but like there could be some sort of bronze clown related character, like some sort of syndicate casino mm-hmm. clown jester thing that I think that I would I think I would fit the flavor for. Don't sell yourself short. I mean, uh, you don't have to be a clown. It could be someone, you know, something. I mean, the thing with voice acting is that it's a it's a totally different realm. Like I've I've done like briefly just voices for Bafco and stuff like that, and that itself was quite a bit experience just going to a professional recording studio and you're in a studio where you're guided by in our case it's a guy that does voiceover for almost any company in Poland his voice is like from anything from selling to a tv to selling I don't know medication for your stomach when you're feeling bad and stuff like that so it's a guy that does everything he also works on video games and he gives you cues how to pronounce things how to say them he's like yeah more energy or less energy or try to be more serious or try to put emphasis on this word and stuff like that so yeah that itself is cool but yeah we always we always rely on agencies though so we would need to probably get you in a recording studio get it like done super professionally and then introduce it to the game. But I'm, I'm not saying no. I like the idea. I didn't know that you want to go into voice acting. I Well, I look, I, part of it is the fact that I don't, I never believed that I had a voice that would translate well to a particular character because I think my voice is fairly generic. Like you've worked oh. with people like Merchant, and Merchant has a <laughs> Merchant has a voice. Like Merchant's voice is Merchant's voice. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, like I was like, holy hell! Like you are James Earl Jones, like but a British white version, which is a lot less. Yeah. You know, a, 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 it's just it's a, an odd. Uh, an odd thing to associate that voice with Merchant. Um, I think the beard helps, but still, if he shaved yeah, clean, yeah. like I'd be like, "That's not you." Um, Who's that? <laughs> yeah, precisely. But I thought, like, I, I always figured that my voice was a little bit very generic. It was just kind of run of the mill. No. So, no, come on. You, well, you can hear it, like, even when I'm when I'm listening in on, on the esports events that we do. When you listen to your voice, it has it has this specific tone to it that I think it passes through, right? Like, some <laughs> voice is kind of me. like. No, no, no. The, the voices like cut through when you're listening. They're very like they're audible in a way that you like. Some people either have a good voice for the same with podcasts. Like you have podcast hosts who have a great voice, great pronunciation. They talk in an awesome way, and then you have people who are like, "What is this guy doing a podcast? I can barely understand what he's trying to say." And his voice is like, "Hey," but you don't have that voice. You have that like it. It goes through. I don't know how to explain it better, but well, I appreciate that. I mean. God, I hope so because like <laughs> this is how I this is kind of how I pay my rent is is doing this. Kind <laughs> of stuff. So it's it's nice to have, but uh, yeah, man. Like I, if if ever that was an option, like I will I will I'll do what it takes, mind. man. I don't know who you're gonna talk to. This is I, I, and again, I didn't mean to corner you on this because you could literally. No, what, easy. <laughs> I, I'm gonna tweet out as soon as I hit like end record. I'm just gonna tweet out. Yeah, he told me to go to go f myself like immediately. He's like, <laughs> it's over, not happening. <laughs> Oh uh, man! Nah. Are you nah, ever, no way? Are are you ever gonna like what? What's the process for like putting people into cards? I'm not again, not saying for myself. I'm just Ooh. I'm just wondering like is this? It's a it's a because like a lot of it is obviously there's the people from the design team, but uh, mm-hmm. like I think one of them was like Adriano de Miguel is, is Garuna, right? Yes. And yes. he started out like I think he was the first ever streamer that was like a big deal uh, within Gwent uh-huh. to a degree. Uh-huh. I think at least when I started uh, streaming Gwent and paying attention to it, he was like he was the tits. He was the top dog. Uh-huh. And yeah, um, 
then he joined the team and then he got a card and I was like, okay, I see how it goes. And maybe it's like, is Ryan the next one to get a card? Like, I'm really curious. I, I'm, I'm so, I love it's weird. This. It's weird because it's a process and the, the list of people that want to be on cards is ever growing because it's not only people who work on Gwen, but there are also people who come in from throughout the whole company and they want their, you know, they want to be on a card. And it's it's been done on a, in a way that you're on the list and you either get get in or you need to wait. So it's like getting into a club. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes there are people who cut in line. So, you know, there are people who cut in line. So if they really are doing for the game, they're very like you know they're very seen let's say within like our internal bubble they instantly get bumped up on the list in order to get their card you know done quicker and i also think community catches on to it but i don't know about ryan to be honest for me it was easy i didn't need to really apply through this uh, because it wasn't a thing yet at that time um but i Someone told me that, hey, wouldn't you want to be on a card? I think it was one of the previous game directors. I would be totally honored if that was possible. Like, yeah, you're, you're the face of the game. It would totally make sense. But we need to, like, create a character for you. And then, yeah, you see, like, all the creative minds kind of go in. And you see, like, I think it was Mateusz Tomaszkiewicz who, uh, who was behind uh, Thronebreaker as, as one of the, the main directors when it comes to the story and the quests and stuff like that. So he created the, the idea of Pafko kind of being a person who helps out the elves. Right? He brings uh, leeks and other veggies to them, so to Broccolon Forest in order to trade with them and stuff like that. So it made kind of sense uh, at that time. And then Lorenzo just like, uh, we went outside and he's like, oh, we went outside the office. He's like, I need to take a couple, a couple photos of your of your face. Can you can you pretend that you're trying to fire uh, you know a bow with an arrow in it? And then he took like photos and then he started like working and sketching stuff. And then like, dude, that's that's incredible. And you only got that from you know from my from my photo. Easy. Like it, photo actually helped me a lot. So I was like, <laughs> like it's just so cool. And like the 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 process of it, it's not like there's okay. We have a we have someone already created. We just need to like just you know Photoshop your face onto them. Like it's a whole process, which is really damn yeah. cool. Nah, that's that's pretty that's pretty sweet. Like in that's terms incredible. Of, but you're right. I mean, when it comes down to actually being immortalized into something like, uh, I I could not think of a of a cooler way to to be um, remembered than to have a card. Like I don't care if it's playable or not. I honestly do not care. The fact that there's a card game out there, it's out there. Like, you know, buy the NFT of my stupid face or whatever it is. Like it's just like it's such a it's such a cool thing. And I like that that's something that you guys do. Um, you yeah. know. Uh, as uh, I don't want to say like as a reward, but it's definitely a nice treat to to say like, hey, thanks for for doing what you guys do, and and here's here's a card. I just uh, yeah, like I I feel like the professor is kind of like where I would like just the glasses kind of thing, you know. <laughs> it's also a really car a, a card that I love, and I was I'm like, He's yeah, really cool. oh yeah. man. All right. Well, so usually we do a mailbag, but we're not doing a mailbag this episode because frankly, the questions that we fielded are all you know i always i yeah. always say like please don't ask us to balance cards because that's not what we do nor is it what you well, do. Should, well, should well yeah well okay look uh, for days uh, for days you could talk about that but the whole podcast would be him analyzing cards and going into details like yeah i'll tweak this provision a little bit here and uh, i'll yeah. probably change this ability a little bit to this way yeah 
Yeah, no, I would never let him do that. Like, that's like, just, TikTok, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, dude, I'm like, we get like, we have like 20 minutes for mailbag. Like, like, hurry up. Like we've spent 18 minutes talking about one provision on Rafard's vengeance. Like get, get, yeah. get out of here, man. Um, so yeah, there's no real mailbag this time, this time, because again, despite all the times that I sort of, uh, plead to the community not to send us questions about card balances and, you know, what do I think of the meta? Like I, I appreciate all the input I do, I promise you, but I think that Pavel Berger is not the person that we're gonna. Uh, no, no. Yeah, this is not for you. Um, you guys, like, can... I'm not, I'm not that very good when it comes to like going in depth into card abilities and stuff like that. I mean, people all know that you know maybe my knowledge of Gwent itself is not uh, great to like the the sense of actually knowing how mecha all the mechanics and all the triggers and abilities work 100%. And I'm not afraid to say that I'm you know I'm not the best uh source of information for that and i also don't say that like yeah i don't necessarily balance questions easy uh, it's easy but yeah like I, I have things which i which i see or things which i agree or disagree with uh, same was like i was a very strong opponent for ha gord actually having a ceiling but then while i was talking with the designers they kind of explained it to me and we went back and forth and then we got to a point where we're like okay i kind of get you guys so it is something that I like to I like to have this uh, back and forth with them, but it's not something that I would say like, oh, I'm totally right. I know the best because I played this game and my right is right, right? So yeah, I feel like you and I are kind of in the same boat because oftentimes whenever I give suggestions to things, there's like 900 people are saying like, okay, here are 40 reasons why you're wrong. I'm like, okay, I got you. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, I feel you. Thank you. Uh, I will. I will then once I will once again spectate. Thank you for. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, yeah, so the one question we did do, uh, that we did get, actually, that is uh, completely Berger related is the fact, uh, yeah, it was basically asking you where you get your suits. And I know the answer to this because I, we, when we were doing tournaments in person, I was part of this process. The, but the, the process changed. Did it? So you can explain your experience. Okay, first, so I'll tell you what changed. <laughs> first of all, this experience was amazing. It was the best experience ever because I've never experienced something like this ever since I moved out of my parents' house, where somebody is laying out clothes for me and you know dressing me and making sure I look good. But I have never had makeup on in my life. I had never none of those things, and that was always a super cool uh, experience. Was to sit in that chair and just get painted on. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty bitch. Like I am beautiful. <laughs> uh, but the um the name what was the name of the makeup artist was it uh Malvina yeah and the and the um the wardrobe person was that Anya yes yes so got it she they were so awesome first of all uh the makeup artist was not having any of my stupid jokes like she's like yeah. I have like nine people to do like shut the hell up and get the hell out of here so yeah uh, yeah. Anya, however, loved my stupid jokes. So True. she she can talk for days. Oh, like. it was my favorite. Yeah. Uh, so here's how the process works. For those who don't know, we'd show up usually a couple days before. It was like on the Friday, I think, where they'd basically and it was like kind of a great day for us as casters because we didn't know what we were gonna wear. So there was always this beautiful reveal, like a leak, a campaign, like a reveal campaign. Oh, good. Right? Where they're showing like and you always got obviously you always got like the best and shiniest jackets. And I was always stuff, yeah. super jealous. But they'd show up and and she'd be like, here are the two jackets and suits that you're gonna wear, yeah. the jackets you're gonna wear, and the shirts that you're gonna wear, and the ties. And I'm like, sweet. And then you 
get suited, you do whatever, you're wearing jeans underneath because I don't think it really matters or I did. And uh, and that was part of it. And there was a wardrobe person who would essentially show up with all the goods and then we'd try them on. And usually it was like you, me and Dane and and Panda in, in the room all getting like, <laughs> we're all like half naked and we're like, look at this and look at this. And we're like, yeah. And that's how that went. And I'm now oh, apparently awesome. I'm, I'm learning that it changed because here I am at home and I've been sort of cycling the same two or three different like sport coats. Uh, if ever, if, and if anyone is, wants to rewind the tapes and look at all the at home tournaments, you will notice there is a light gray one and a dark gray one. And the light, <laughs> the light gray Good one, choice. yeah, the light gray one has the Northern realms pin on it. And the dark gray one has my Montreal Canadians pin on it. So you guys can follow along mm-hmm. and take bets. It's a 50, 50 on which one I'm going to wear on day one, but the process has changed apparently. Yeah, since uh, we moved on to mainly doing everything from home, what we do right now is uh, we have actually one person that joined the events team. Uh, so the girl's name is Ola. She is uh, working with Rebek. And she pretty much now goes through the internet, through like all the all the big, let's say, clothing brands that are, that are you know, that are sellers in, in Poland. And she pretty much creates a document with like four different options and I get to choose what I want or I can also pitch my ideas and I get that stuff delivered and just put it on and wear it so easy that is pretty sweet and then you return it <laughs> and then I'm sure to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know how I know is because you still have the tag on the sleeve <laughs> just like I didn't want to mention of course. it but I was like of course. The, same, the same thing happened when we had when we had I am working like yeah she, oh we, yeah she would return those things I remember because Dane asked once, uh, Dane had a really cool jacket and he's like, like, how can I, can I keep this? And she's like, well, like, I'll tell you how much it is and you can like, you could pay for it. And he's like, yeah. And I don't know if he bought it or not, but it just, I think he did. Yeah. It was a really, really cool jacket. And like, I I missed that whole process in itself because it was like, it was the preamble to everything. Right. Like where we all, like the first time I met you was at like the 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 dressing or the wardrobe fitting or whatever and that was like that was such a good time like, holy shit it's you exactly <laughs> that was the coolest part i was like hey i know you and you're like who are you again what who is this guy and then you told all of your different aides and bodyguards to get me the hell out of away from you yeah <laughs> uh, so um don't say that because people might actually believe that this is true and it's not well i mean i only got to see you behind like the the velvet rope <laughs> thing but uh yeah like i was immediately told no flash photography and, yeah, and no to, hand shaking yeah nothing like that like basically uh and you never took your sunglasses off even even indoors like i was just like wow this guy's a total rock star uh none of that's true i no pavel came into we hugged we did you came into the room and the first thing we did was give a big hug and i was like okay it's it's on from here and um my man like good days it was good days and the one thing that really cemented the fact that i i because i always loved you and i thought like you're like uh, again like i said you're like a brother to me uh in this in this whole journey that we're on but um, the one thing that really got to me was at the end of challenger four, when, uh, I've told the story a few times, but if you haven't heard this, uh, out there, um, Pavel's known for uh, having a favorite beer, which is not necessarily everyone's favorite or probably their first choice. <laughs> what beer is that? Kulevsky, yeah. Okay. So I, I really bad, really bad. 
<laughs> well, I mean, you enjoy it. It's it's like it's kind of it. like for those. Uh, I'm gonna give a really niche reference for those from like Quebec. It's like the Labatt Wildcat, which is basically the the beer that construction <laughs> works. So it's terrible. It's what construction workers drink at 10 a.m. Like that's basically that was the beer. Um, you can get it for it was like a dollar fifty a can at like the gas station, and that was basically they this they is it. yeah they they fuel up their like pickup trucks at like 7 a.m. and buy like a six pack of Wildcat for the day. Like that was their their deal. Anyways. So it was the end of Challenger 4, a huge spectacle. It was the Skellige thing. We had rented a base, like, or built it. There was, like, people. There's Uh archers, and, you know, it was a grand spectacle. wild animals there, too. Dude, there was, was like, an eagle or a falcon. There was a bunch of geese and chickens. Oh, it was incredible. Like, it was was the best, most amazing thing. Um, And God knows how many uh, bird-related flus I may have contracted at that (laughs) point. But still, uh, it was so cool. But at the end of it, at the end, like the, there was like all like the big celebration, Demorkey's wins, it's a whole thing. Everyone's drinking and eating and having a good time. And you come up to me and you're like, I want to here have one of my beers. And I was like, oh, okay. And people are like, don't do it. It's garbage. Don't drink it. It's sewer. It's sewer water and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, uh, fine. And then you're like, no, no, this is my favorite beer. So you can have one. And I was like, oh, I'm like, he's like, yeah, I don't let any... It was our, you know, bonding moment right there. It was. And I was like, I don't care how terrible this beer is. It's going to be my favorite beer. I will beer. drink it. Yeah, I will drink it. I drank it. And uh, what uh, the other thing that everyone warned me was that you usually disappear after tournaments to, like, go take care of, like, you know, you got stuff to do. You had a family and stuff like that to take care of and whatever. And you stuck around and we got to hang out a little bit. And it was, like, one yeah. of my most endearing moments to say that i also remember that one it was really awesome it was and i remember i I, the remember it was you me and ashley went to go to that that lady who made bracelets and and we got she made us i tried to explain to her with my broken polish that i need three bracelets and she didn't understand so then you had to go and kind of like bridge the gap and be like no my slow friend here uh needs three bracelets bracelets so oh Good times, man. And, Good times, man. And there's a whole wow. other year to come, and we can talk about that on another day. But I think that uh, uh, I, I I think that this has been uh, who forget about Shinmiri. Let's just come back next week, man. Like who is easy? That guy? Yeah. Anytime you need me. Anytime you need. I also wanted to uh, because we we're talking. Uh, I'll just interject shortly about the the Aya thing since I didn't see her also due to the pandemic. She was actually the person who. Uh, got me suited up for my wedding this year. So I went to her like workplace. She has this awesome like loft type of building where you go in and she has like a shit ton of clothing there because she also works on, you know, on TV sets and stuff like that. So the experience was even better because it's like an old school loft, uh, somewhere in Praga. And we went there and she showed me like all the stuff. And then the like first one, we just pretty much sat down and we like browsed through the internet, like, oh, this is cool, this is cool. What do you think about this? Maybe let's go this way. And she like pitched for the first thing. She's like, how, how do you think about going all white, like white suit? I was like, why? I was like, eh. But he was like, it's like, no, this is like an off-white. It'll be a little bit darker. It won't be like, you know, cream white. So, so, so you're good. I'm like, eh. I think that's a little bit too flashy. She's like, no, come on. You have the golden suits and stuff and you love those. I'm like, true. She's like, okay, I'll trust you. Let's try it. And I ordered this stuff and it came in. 
and I went to her for the first fitting and I put everything on and it was pretty much her. She she has like this incredible, like beautiful mind where she just sifts through like the internet and finds you and sends you links. And then when you get the things and you put them on, like all of them on you, you're like, oh my God, these combinations actually work. She's like, you know, you feel like she has like the skeleton key to clothing. Like she knows how to put things together and they will look awesome while you're there like looking on the internet. Yeah, I like this, I'll order this. And then you put it on like, like a freaking plant. Yeah. Totally doesn't work. Wow. And yeah, so she was uh, doing the clothing and we had Malvina come in and do the makeup uh, for my wife, for Dominica and for like our moms and stuff like that. So we pretty much, you know, based like, we got to know them because of work and they, you know, transitioned to a part that was, you know, you know, connected to our life and stuff like that, which is, which is amazing. So kind of shows you that, you know, these relationships that you built, they transcend the stuff that is only work related, but they also become like a real thing. And the same thing was our, our, our bro moment with the, with the cheap, uh, shitty beer. <laughs> it was delicious. It, it tasted yeah. like friendship and that's all I could ask for. Exactly. Well, <laughs> My friend, again, I do sincerely appreciate you being on the show, covering for Shinmiri, who's got some uh, IRL stuff, man. Uh, I, I, I say this to Shinmiri to end every show. I say I love you, and I mean it, man. So um, I love you too, man. It's going to happen Amazing soon. Stuff. We're going to be together at some point, and I will – uh, yes. Again, I'm I'm gonna again open my uh, invitation to you to any time that you're you want to come visit me in here in Toronto. I am trying to put together like every single time that I'm like, okay, let's get the wheels turning on this. A new variant of COVID comes out, so I'm uh, but I want to do a North American like Gwent kind of get together not like necessarily oh, a, totally but, yeah not like a tournament but like i want to do an on location podcast an on location trivia like everyone gets together That'd like we and i'm i'm inviting uh everyone who from cdpr who wants to be there i don't know when this is going to happen but now that we have a roadmap i can probably better place it sometime probably yeah. late summer into the fall or something like that but friends um I, you guys all love Pavel Berja and as, <laughs> as I do. So uh, again, big thanks to, for being on the show, my man. And, and yeah, and he, you, you can lead us out because I always say I love you. And, uh, and Shinmiri says some other nonsense that I never pay attention to. So I'm giving you the, I'm giving you the keys to sort of lock the door on the way out here. Well, first of all, I hope uh, I did a good job filling in, although I know I am no Shinmiri for sure. Uh, but yeah, everybody, thank you for watching. Stay safe, uh, stay happy, enjoy life. And yeah, I think that's it. Flick, thank you for having me. <laughs> that's a great ending, my friend. <laughs>